Damascus Road experience. It's shorthand for any dramatic conversion. Uh, people have often said to me that they're Christians, but they're still waiting for their Damascus Road. Um, but they will have to wait for Christ's return for anything like what Paul experienced. You see, the Damascus Road was not just the conversion of a man, it was the creation of an apostle. And apostles need to have met the risen Christ in a very special way. That is a qualification for apostleship that's mentioned both in Acts chapter 1 and in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Therefore, something extraordinary was needed to turn Saul of Tarsus into Paul the Apostle. The risen Christ had to personally appear in a way that's quite unlike any conversion experience that you or I might have. But having said that Christ had to appear personally to Paul, well, he didn't have to personally appeal, uh, personally appear to a man like Saul. I mean, in fact, the Lord converts Saul as just this extraordinary expression of his sheer grace. I mean, Saul, when he's converted, is a Pharisee. Uh, he describes his past like this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 5. He says he was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of uh, Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, I was a Pharisee. Um, Finally, a Pharisee comes in on God's kingdom. You know, when Jesus chose the original 12 disciples, he, he chose a real motley crew. He chose a tax collector, Matthew, and also a political zealot called Simon. Uh, you know, one of these was a collaborator with the Romans. The other was a freedom fighter against the Romans. And yet Jesus draws both into his kingdom, and not just into his kingdom, but into the 12. That's astonishing mercy. But there was one Jewish group that didn't seem to figure in Jesus' plans. You know, Jesus brings in tax collectors and sinners and riffraff and all sorts. But all the while, the Pharisees remained on the outside, muttering. Now, Christ steps in in Acts chapter 9 with compelling force and he claims a Pharisee for his own. And not just any Pharisee. He claims Saul, this chief persecutor of the early church. Saul had overseen the killing of Stephen in Acts chapter 7, and he was known to believers everywhere as someone who caused havoc for Christians. So how was Saul prepared for this religious experience? Was he particularly soft-hearted and receptive to the grace of Jesus that day? No, the grace of Jesus is not attracted to soft-heartedness. The grace of Jesus creates soft-heartedness, where before there was only stony opposition. Here is the context of Saul's conversion, chapter 9, Acts 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Saul is not ready for Jesus. Saul is breathing out slaughter against Christ and his people. And notice how personally Jesus takes it. According to Jesus, Saul has been persecuting him. The risen Christ is not above and beyond the struggles of this world. He feels his people's suffering keenly. He is the head, and his body is hurting, therefore Christ himself is hurting. Persecuted Christians need to know this. Christ feels this pain, and he knows how to confront our perpetrators, in his own time and in his own way.
But be prepared for Christ to approach the wrongdoers with mercy. This is how he comes to Saul. He even pities this enemy and transforms him not merely into a friend but into an apostle. You see, Paul is blinded by this vision and so he needs healing. Christ prepared a Christian called Ananias to do the healing. In verse 15, Ananias is told this, Go, this man Paul, he is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Saul is converted from one kind of suffering to another. Before his conversion, he was going against the grain of reality, against the grain of his conscience, against the grain of the scriptures that testified to Christ. But now with his conversion, he will now go against the grain of the world and of the religious authorities opposed to Christ. And that's the same for all of us. We can, we can go with the world's flow and run up against the Lord, or we can walk with the Lord and go against the world's flow. But we're always going to have to go against the flow. Paul is summoned to live for Christ's name's sake. And here is the effect. In Acts chapter 26, Paul gives a fuller account of his conversion. And in verse 16, he reports these words from Jesus. Jesus says, Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me. And what I will show you, I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God's. So this is what happens. Paul goes on to live one of the most influential lives the world has ever seen. It all traces back to this Damascus Road experience. From here, Paul will go on to, to write half the New Testament and plant churches all around the eastern half of the Mediterranean. Thus, the church's greatest enemy is converted to its greatest asset. And that's what the grace of God does. It turns calamity into even greater blessing. And it does so not because of any goodness in us, but despite our deepest evil. You see... The witness of Paul to the grace of Jesus is not diminished by his terrible past. It is magnified. This murderous blasphemer is able to say in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, Here is a trustworthy saying that, de that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Paul witnesses to the abundant forgiveness of Christ because of his great evil. Because he is the chief of sinners, therefore he can preach a gracious gospel. You see, the conversion of Paul is not meant to make us despair, as though we could never experience such a change. The conversion of Paul gives us great hope. The grace of Jesus extends even to his greatest enemies. It most definitely extends to me.